Welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Spirit Connection podcast. Doug Addison here. This week, I have a fresh and exciting message that I've been burning with for quite some time, and I want to talk about how you can bring personal revival in your life that's going to basically be an explosion, shift the spiritual atmosphere around you. Everything goes into line when you grab hold of what I have today, and the Lord's released this revelation to me over the years I've been in personal revival myself. I tell you, once you get here, you get into personal revival, everything flows. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're using all types of things right now to bring things into line. Everything is in your order already. Everything. There's nothing that's a surprise to you. And Lord, you're working behind the scenes You're working to shift our lives into place. Lord, I pray right now for an anointing that's going to do that. In this podcast, our short time together, I'm praying that what would take years to accomplish is going to be done in quite a short time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, you know, God's bringing this new movement on the earth, and many prophets, including myself, believe that we're really sitting on one of the biggest revivals in history that's potential. But before we can see revival at that magnitude in the world, we actually need to be already experiencing it in our own lives. First, we need to overcome the things that overcome us. That's a starting place. Invite the Lord into your life, you know, invite the Holy Spirit in. It's not a one-time process. It is a continual renewal, a continual filling. You know, it's time to get a breakthrough. The word revival often carries baggage. It might come to mind like an old-fashioned church or, or tent meeting. Really, there's way more to revival than that. Revival is a completely renewed way, a transformed way of life. Once you experience personal revival in your own life, you can't help from changing the world around you. We can have revival in our homes, our workplaces, churches, cities. Wow, it's just it's just everywhere. Once the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to renew you, it's going to change everything. Revivals are evident, you know, with love, the presence of God, healing, outreach, prophetic words, supernatural encounters start to happen. And as God moves in our lives, it becomes very evident as people around us are drawn to it. I've been in personal revival myself for a number of years. You know, on and off, there's sometimes it's been greater and other times less. Right now, I'm in a personal revival, and I want that to overflow to you as well. So let's talk about revival for a moment. And I've written quite a bit on it. I speak often about what's coming. And I base a lot of what I talk about on revival based on my experience and why we started our ministry in Light Connection. And that's to fulfill the prophetic words from the late seer prophet Bob Jones. I had the opportunity to mentor with Bob and Bonnie Jones 
you know, I wrote a lot about it, and you'll get a deeper understanding of the timeline of Bob Jones' prophecies. It will really help you. In my book, The Prophetic Forecast 2016, that's actually Volume 1. Also, The Prophetic Forecast for 2017, that's Volume 2. And the one I just released, The Prophetic Forecast Volume 3, it's not limited by year because people were misunderstanding that, thinking that it was past. But, boy, there's so much revelation in those books that aren't limited to that year. That was the year I got them. So let me just unpack it a little bit. Bob Jones was an amazing seer prophet, and on August 8, 1975, he died and was taken to heaven to meet Jesus. But instead of being invited into heaven like the others that were in line with him, Jesus sent Bob back with a mandate. And he said this, that when the population of the earth reaches six billion, I'm going to do a move to bring one-sixth of them in, or a billion all at once. A majority of them would be young people considered outcasted, offensive to the church. Now, that was 1975, a face-to-face in-heaven encounter with Bob. He comes back to earth, and this is all verified, actually, and he begins to prophesy the billion-soul harvest. His entire life and ministry was centered around this prophecy, and he was known as the prophet of love. And even the day he died on Valentine's Day, the day of love, on February 14, 2014, he passed away, but he did not see the start of the revival that the Lord said he would see. And many people forgot about it. And a lot of his prophetic promises that Bob had been prophesying and bringing to the world. You know, I've been around the prophetic movement for a number of years. I go back to the Vineyard Movement with John Wimber back in the 80s and 90s. And my story is, is I was one of the undercover prophetic evangelists in San Francisco during the 90s, and I became a church planter. God actually captured me with a powerful encounter. I had a personal revival happened where God gave me a mandate. I had just been healed of Huntington's disease that had killed nearly my entire family. My mom, my aunt, my uncles, five died in um, 1999 alone. And since then, my brother and my oldest sister are in heaven as well. And I tell you, I I got healed of this incurable genetic disease. And to this day, I'm 59 years old as I record this, UCLA Medical Center said they want to put me in a study because they've never seen this happen. And I tell them, you know, that it's based on my faith and some strategies the Lord gave me. But I had a personal revival in 2001, and the Lord gave me a mandate. Now, I had never met Bob Jones at the time. In fact, I had heard a few of his tapes. I'd never watched his video. But right after I got healed of Huntington's in 2001, I went up to a conference in Kelowna, British Columbia, with Patricia King and Stacey Campbell, and we did an outreach, which changed my life forever, where we did using prophetic words and things like that. And this guy hands me this video, a videotape, and said, you need to watch this. It's like your life depends on this. This is kind of how it was. But the video was Wesley Campbell interviewing Bob Jones in 2001, right after he had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus in Redding, California. And then he went up to Kelowna, and, and they taped this. And it was literally his entire life messages all kind of laid out together. Wesley was really good at that. Interviewed him about these prophecies 
And when I watched that tape, my wife and I, we, wow, we got the mandate from the Lord. The Lord spoke to me. I was an out-of-work vineyard pastor. You know, I was a business owner. My business wasn't going that well. I just sold everything. At age 42, the Lord told me, I want you to sell it all because you're about to move into your destiny. We had a big yard sale. We sold everything except our personal belongings. And I'm not recommending doing this unless God really calls you. And we moved into this little tiny apartment in Burlingame, California. We were living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we waited on the Lord's instructions for three months. And then God gave us the plan. And he began moving again. Again, I say we received a personal revival. The Lord told me. You're going to be part of fulfilling Bob Jones' mandate about the billion soul harvest. Well, that was weird. That was way bigger than anything I could dream. In fact, I was wondering how that would happen. I've never even met the guy, you know, just on the video. And within a very short time, we began working for John Paul Jackson. I was his national dream team coordinator, and we met Bob and his wife, Viola. There wasn't Bonnie at the time. And I ended up becoming friends And a few years later, we moved to Moravian Falls, North Carolina. That's where there's angelic encounters that were happening starting back in the 90s. And Bob Jones was part of that. And we bought this prayer cabin, this angel cabin that Bobby Connor had had an encounter with Jesus, literally walked in the door. Well, we bought this same cabin and lived there for a few years. And we got a chance to travel and mentor with Bob Jones. Now, I did not try to make this happen. If anything, I was going the opposite direction in in that sense. I was trying not to. I was trying to be as humble as possible. And then finally, one day, Bob told me it was false humility. I needed to step up. But I got to pinch myself now because I say, was this a dream? You know how amazing and faithful God is. I got a word. I activated that word, and I went for it. And this can happen to you. It doesn't have to be real big. It doesn't matter. What matters that God wants to do something new. I just want to say this. I want to be very clear. I don't have Bob Jones' mantle or anything like that. That was way too big for anyone to fulfill. But I do have assignments. That's what you want to look for, is the assignments that God will give you. And I have an assignment to help bring about the billion soul harvest. And so in 2013, I had a whole year of many encounters that began to bring my portion of this assignment together. Started on February 3rd, 2013. My daily prophetic word was a prophetic sign is going to be seen around the world. And it was on the Super Bowl that day. And it was during the third quarter of the game between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And half the lights went out for 34 minutes And it was in the the third quarter in the New Orleans Superdome, and God spoke to me. This is the prophetic sign. It was Ezekiel 34. Check this out. You could even make this up. When the lights went out, the score was 28 to 6, which adds up to 34. The lights were out for 34 minutes. We checked this out. I tell you, it was so exciting. The power outage happened in the third quarter. That's 3-4. The winning score was 34. In fact, Ezekiel 34, that's what the Lord said. This is Ezekiel 34. It ends with verse 31. The exact ending score of the Super Bowl that year was 34 to 31. That was the number of Ezekiel 34. 
And also the prophetic sign was that the generators, the old generators, blew out. It was a prophetic sign that God says, you know what? The old is not going to work, but they only lost half the light. So we can move into a time, if we're not careful, that we're running at half power. But God wants to do something that's going to affect the entire world. In our case, in the United States, that was Baltimore and San Francisco. That's East Coast, West Coast, that God wants to move in the least likely places. And this happened in New Orleans as well. But God began to speak to me about Ezekiel 34. You can read it for yourself. These are the weak sheep who have been rejected by the big and mean sheep, and they get pushed away. And so God began to um, speak to me. I've been writing about this. You can read about it on many of my blogs. You can Google Ezekiel 34 with my name. You can find what I've written. And in 2002, God gave me a strategy that would help to bring this about. Now, that's when I got my first strategy was 2002. It wasn't until 2013 that it all started to come together in a greater way. But let me just go back. I'm going to rewind the tape here just a minute. And in 2002, we were living in New Hampshire, uh, working with John Paul Jackson, and an angel came into my room with an audible voice. I didn't see the angel, but I, I heard the audible voice. said, Doug Addison, get up and write. And I got a strategy on how to do prophetic outreach using prophecy, dream interpretation to reach people with God's love. It exploded between 2002 and about 2007 or 8. We went everywhere. We took teams out to the malls, shows, streets. The result was astounding. We were having personal revivals in malls. We were seeing the teams I trained went to Burning Man, the largest pagan festival, Sundance Film Festival, Mardi Gras. We were seeing things happen at a magnitude we had never seen before. Not a big revival. These were personal revivals that people were receiving. Many of them were trying to hear, you know, they didn't know that God spoke and they were going to psychics and we would give them words from the Lord and do dream interpretation and we would ignite these little mini personal revivals in people's lives. And so this is my strategy the Lord gave me was really to do things in a small way. Like Mother Teresa said, small things done with great love can change the world. So we were planting these little seeds of personal revival using the prophetic gifts. And this was prophetic words of destiny. I would go in and train a church, a group of people all over the world. I'd go in and train them how to do it on a Friday night, Saturday morning, and then Saturday afternoon we'd go to the mall. We'd do the outreach, and I'd tell you, people would line up afterwards. Unbelievable. They were shocked, first of all, that they could do it, and they were stunned that people wanted to hear these things. We were giving prophetic words of destiny. That's prophecy spoken in a non-religious, relevant way. And it was just, I mean, I just can't tell you how fulfilling and thrilling it was and to, to plant this many seeds everywhere. Then... In 2004, I got another strategy because I started saying to the Lord, here I am training Christians everywhere, you know, to go out to malls and to shows and things like that. And I started noticing something, that many of the Christians I was training to give words of destiny didn't know their own destiny themselves. And you can't really give away what you don't have. You know, at first, the Lord will bless you. He wants to bless you and he'll give you by faith, but sooner or later... You really need to kind of know your own destiny as well. And so 
I began to cry out to the Lord, and I had an encounter with an angel. And I mean, seriously, this time I saw the angel, and I was living in Los Angeles, City of Angels, and I was given a strategy that began to open things up to be able to help Christians and non-Christians discover their destiny. Because I knew this is the key. Prophetic life coaching was birthed out of that during this time, and I got revelation and a concept on how to do things quickly. It was the accelerated learning process the Lord gave me, the concept of, of shortcutting, because we are in a time right now, I don't know if you realize it, everything's getting faster. Every, the computers are getting faster. Things are getting faster. There's revelation out there right now that can cause you to be able to get to where you're going in a quicker amount of time. And even in my conversation with John Paul Jackson, he told me what I was called to do was going to take three to five years to get to. I kid you not, I have a recording even where I did it in one year. I found the accelerated way to do it. You can actually move into maturity quicker if you learn the lessons faster and you humble yourself before the Lord and humble yourself under people. You can actually move into this. Now, I was reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink, and this is it was basically how to think without thinking. This is how people come up with things. You know, they were able to come up with things quickly, and he interviewed and studied these people, like John Gottman, who's a psychologist who videotaped couples interacting, fighting or not fighting, for 30 years. Then after making observations, he actually could listen to a couple talk, just their conversation, even sitting in a restaurant or whatever, he could listen to them talk for just a few minutes, like three or four minutes, and he could tell with an 85% accuracy rate if they would divorce, if they did not get help. Now, this is thinking without thinking. I, I attribute this to the Holy Spirit, because Malcolm Gladwell, we find out later, is a believer, and attribute this understanding to be able to do things quicker right now. And his recommendation was what he saw people doing is find someone who's doing what you want to do and study their process. And that's what I did with dream interpretation. That's why I went to work for John Paul Jackson. And this is, I still apply this today. The reason I'm telling you this is because we're in a time right now that we need to accelerate. We really do need to accelerate through personal healing. There's an opportunity for us to step into what God has for us, physical healing. I got healed of Huntington's disease. I mentioned that. Now, no one had been healed in my family. But what I did was I hit it with every angle I could. The Lord gave me a strategy, and I mean, I went for it. It was my full-time job there for a while. I got healed of multiple chemical sensitivity. I got healed of Lyme disease, anxiety, and things like that. And these things had been holding me down and many other people. And I had a lot of chronic illness, but I got through these things why? I want to tell you so I can help others prepare for revival. You know, one of the things you need to do, first of all, to get personal revival, we need to get personal healing. Our souls can get wounded, and we need to make sure that we don't have those areas of our soul that there's unforgiveness, that there's, you know, the things basically in Colossians 3, if you read part of that, there's just things in our soul that you need to get rid of. That's, it's also known as our flesh, and it can be anger, rage, malice, and, and especially these days right now, this can make you sick. I found out why I was sick with Lyme disease and multiple chemical sensitivity was because I was suffering from a great deal 
of unforgiveness. I had unforgiveness against God. I didn't realize it, but I had suffered a lot in the past. Oh, I compartmentalize it. You know, I justify it all. But I was sick, you know, and I'd believed in the power of Jesus. I'd get healed, but then it would come back on me. And then the Lord showed me one day that there's a way to cut through this quickly, and that is to get healed of those things. And then one of the things that the angel gave me in 2004 was the strategy of love, not judge. Maybe you've heard me talk about this message, and this is the strategy where you step away from negativity, go on a negative talk and thought fast, and it will shift the spiritual atmosphere over about every area of your life. I kid you not. Finances, healing, all the things around your life begin to move in love, not judge. Now, I have a message. If you want to hear it, you can look on my website, DougEdison.com. But also, another thing to fast forward you is forgiveness in an age of revenge. We're in a time right now where you're fired, you're off the island, we don't like you, you're voted out. We're in a time right now where people are so ingrained in revenge. They don't understand forgiveness, and it's eating them up. It's either causing people to be sick, their hearts to begin to fail, or it's causing the murderous spirit that's out there right now. So part of personal revival is to get healed of that so that we can help other people who are suffering. And I tell you, I'm going to give you a strategy because once you grab hold of this, like we did you know, back in the 90s when we started doing outreaches using encouraging words, it would build people up so much they would have an encounter in the mall with our teams. And we would give them encouraging words from God and we'd get to speak into their life and it would shift something over them. I tell you, the personal revival would take place. We would shortcut them into things that went beyond their own mind. Because once they found out we we're Christians and they had you know baggage and, and hurt by the church and all that stuff, but I tell you something, once they hear the Lord, once they've experienced it, once they have felt the power of the Holy Spirit and they didn't even understand it, that'll cut through all that red tape. It'll cut through the past. And so what we want to do is combine this personal revival with a bigger revival that's going to come. We saw the personal revival outreaches. That's what I would call them now. I didn't realize it, but we were helping people have those personal revivals on outreaches and it was impacting people all over the world. And when I would come in and speak, we would do an outreach, and we would do all kinds of things as long as, you know, it was, it was of the Lord. It was biblically based. Our dream interpretation was biblically based. We did tattoo and piercing interpretations. I tell you, people would come to church because we encountered them in the mall. They would, uh, it was just amazing. And also, one thing that I really enjoyed during this time was the fact that we're not promoting tats. I don't even have any tats. But if a billion people do, and the Lord said that there's a billion soul harvest, it's time to look up because the fields are ripe for harvest right now. And that's what the Lord told me back in 2006 when I did my first tattoo interpretation on Venice Beach. And now we do them every, I mean, I tell you, I've gone into a church and, uh, you know, I was going to speak on Sunday morning and and someone mentioned, well, what do you do? I heard about this tattoo thing, and here I am with the elders. They're meeting me with the first time. You know, They don't even know me yet, and I'm like, I, you know, I don't really want to come out with this, what sounds very, very radical, but was very biblical with the way we handled it. 
None of them had tats, of course, because they were the elders of the church. But one of them pulls out her cell phone and says, oh, here's my daughter's tattoo. What are you getting on this? And I, I, you know, I listened to the Holy Spirit, use the things that I have a training, actually. Tattoo and piercing, prophetic interpretation. It's an online course. But I go through it and begin to prophesy over this woman's daughter. She burst into tears. She called her daughter. Daughter came to church. And we had, I tell you, personal revival broke out that morning at that church and with that young woman. And this is what I'm talking about, is that God wants to do these things. He's moving everywhere. And it's not going to be the big revival tent meeting. It may be later on, but it's going to start with this personal stuff. But I, what I did was I caught the language. And you need to do this. You need to catch the culture. I would use uh, maybe movies as modern-day parables. That's what Jesus did. He used modern-day parables. So I began to use movies, language, valuing what people value without, you know, without being of the world, but we are in it. So during the 1960s, listen, this is catching this wave that, that the late Billy Graham did. Now, he was the last known revivalist that really impacted the entire world. But I did some study, and I found out something that really changed me, and it helped me, is that during the 1960s and 70s, it was a massive drug, free love, free sex movement in the United States. It was the hippies, and one of the leaders of that movement, not a believer, but this is Dr. Timothy Leary, he had gotten his students at Uh, I think it was Berkeley, to take LSD, a drug, and he coined the phrase, turn on, tune in, and drop out. Now, Leary encouraged a generation to become rebellious and drop out of society. In comes Dr. Billy Graham back in the 60s, and he found the same language to connect people with Jesus. And this was during the Jesus People movement. This ignited things. He took that saying of Timothy Leary, that thing about, you know, turn on, tune in, drop out, and he said, why don't we do it this way? Turn on to Christ, tune in to the Bible, and drop out of sin. Now, millions of people hit it. Suddenly, he used a language they were used to, and he was approachable. He didn't have churches because they were in stadiums, and people were out of the streets, and something happened, folks. But here we are. Now we're in post-Billy Graham error. Now, what do we do in this post-Billy Graham error? Because when we try to use the old way of doing things, people don't get it. I know, I was, I've been out on the streets for a long time, and I had to develop a different way of even the sinner's prayers, not even in the Bible, but it was developed by Billy Graham. I read his book and his autobiography. I studied his messages. I realized we need to find something that's for today. And that's why we start doing what we're doing right now. And this is why... God gave me the strategy of the personal revival outreach where you go out, whatever it takes. I mean, if a person's there and and they don't have tattoos, that's okay. You know, I mean, it's not. So we're trying to be unusual. You begin to give them an encouraging word, a prophetic word that's going to open them up. Or we would do prophetic, biblical-based dream interpretation. Or we would do something to encourage them. I remember going into a church once, and I was training people on... And none of them had tattoos, because usually that's what I like to do on Sunday morning, is go in and, and demonstrate for them. You know, I, I give the message, and they see that the Lord's here and that I'm for real, and the pastor gets up and vouches for me. But then I say, you know, does anyone have any tattoos? And, 
And no one had any. I said, what are you guys, a homeschool church? And I was joking. They said, yeah, we are. And I said, well, that's all right. God will still speak through everything. And so I invited a group of teenage girls up who had the jelly bracelets on with different colors. And I began to prophesy over the jelly over them based on how the Holy Spirit would speak, the placement of them. That's how we do the tats. It's a placement. It's the design. It's, you know, it's a different things. Plus the Holy Spirit, I tell you, it broke the church open. They began to weep. Some of them, some of them were rejoicing. It doesn't matter. God wants to do a personal revival, revival. This is a revival of us having personal revivals and then help others have personal revivals. I tell you, it's what's coming right now. And we're going to see something happen already. I think it's going to start happening on a bigger level, but it's time to get ready for more that God wants to move once again in our lives. We're overdue for a revival. We're basically late on the timetable because we've had a, a revival every 10, 11 years since before the 1906 Azusa Street revival. And it goes up, 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 and it hits that 11-year strategy that I'm talking about, the 11-year timetable. It hits 1950 with the healing movement. And from then, after Israel became a state in 1948, 1950, we had a healing revival 1961, we were in charismatic renewal. That's when the Holy Spirit wasn't just with the Pentecostals. Now there were all types. You know, he was in the Baptists, the Catholics. 1973, that era, that was the Jesus People Movement. Might not have started right then, but that's when they were in it. There was something going on. 1972 would have been the year for the Jesus People Movement. 1983, 11 years later, John Wimber, Peter Wagner launched something that was so amazing. And it was the third wave charismatic movement. And the first wave being Azusa Street, the second wave being the healing movement. Now they brought it into a university. It was into Fuller Seminary. And they did courses talking about healing and then it would break out, talking about signs and wonders. And they brought this movement, the third wave charismatic movement of the 80s. And that's what I came out of. Now you come up another 11 years, 1994, was the Toronto Blessing. And that's where people came from all over the world and would get blessed or, or, or filled with the Holy Spirit with laughter and signs. Now, people judge these things. They've always judged revival. The last thing you want to do is judge. Remember, love not judge, Bezid. You want Elizabeth to do it. Judge not, Jesus said, or you will be judged. Why in the world would you try to get the speck out of someone else's eye if you had a log in your own eye? And so it's so important not to judge. I believe that's why our revivals have been shut down right now is because of the harsh spirit of judgment that has gone out into the world. So you want to get started right now? I'll give you some tips. Move into a lifestyle of not judging others. Move into a lifestyle of not just a negative talk and thought fast. I mean a lifestyle being away from negativity and replacing it with blessing. I've been doing this since 2004. It shifted the finances over me and my ministry. It shifted my health. It shifted everything. Love, not judge. And then give encouraging words and blessings to replace that. If we do that, I tell you, if this catches on an epidemic, instead of school shootings, instead of shootings at the mall, we're going to start seeing revival, personal revival break out. And so God is moving right now, and we can do it. I tell you, don't believe it when Satan says, 
to pull back in fear or that you don't have anything to give. That's a lie. The Lord has something specifically for you. I was, I tell you, I was an auto work pastor. I had, I mean, I was sick. I, I really thought I was going to die at the time. And the Lord came and healed me. Now I'm not anything special. I'm just like you. And I want to tell you, God's about to move on your life. If you've always felt something more in your life and you haven't been able to find it, maybe you have had encounters in the past. Maybe you even had things happen, but it's changed. Maybe you've been in the desert or the wilderness. Maybe you're really plagued with addiction now. Maybe you've gone through divorces and and things like that. Or maybe God's moving in your life, but other people in your family are not receiving it. These are the signs that God is going to do a personal revival or that you need a personal revival. So I want to call you right now up to this. Lord, I ask that I know there's so many people listening to me. There's something burning inside you. Something's on fire right now. And that, Lord, I'm asking you to fan the flames of personal revival in our own lives, to overcome the things that have overcome us, to get addiction in the past and get it out and to be able to work through those things. I don't mean manage them, no anger manage. Let's die to that old thing. I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a strategy come right now, that there would be something that you would give a sign or a a confirmation that you're about to do something or that you are doing something new. I pray for a dream. I pray for a visitation. I pray for someone to come up to you and speak to you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would turn the radio on. You'd hear a song that would be confirmation. Right now we're moving into a season of an open heaven. I pray for the ability to step away from negativity and step into the positive things that you have. I pray for those to be able to step out of sickness like I did. And I did it through perfect love because perfect love casts out fear. And fear, I tell you, fear is the thing. So I take authority over fear right now. And we release, Lord, your Zayo life. That is the the life of the Spirit. We release perfect love. We release the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you. And um, I'm going to be doing a workshop. It's an online training called How to Ignite Personal Revival in Your Own Life. And it's on April 21st. And you can actually go to my website, DougEdison.com, and check it out. But if you want more of this and what I'm talking about, we're going to unpack this and release it in your life. All right, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.